little did they know there was a, another wedding just down the road that also set that area as their designated pickup. So the buses turned up, they picked up the guests um, for, for one wedding and took them to the wrong wedding. You're listening to the Imperfectly Perfect Weddings podcast, a show that educates, informs, and entertains couples planning their wedding. I'm Brendan Creaser, a wedding photographer from the Mornington Peninsula, and I'm sitting down with wedding vendors to share stories of past weddings, to hear the lessons they've learned, and how to make an impact on your day. Welcome to this episode of Imperfectly Perfect Weddings podcast. I'm Brendan Creaser, your host, and today I'm interviewing Alex from a photography company called Third Wheel & Co. up in New South Wales in the Hunter Valley region of Newcastle, or Newcastle in the Hunter Valley. Um, Alex is like an outdoorsman, rides motorbikes, got the old four-wheel drive, but don't, don't let that fool you. His love for capturing genuine connections is at the heart of his business, and you can really tell that by looking over his socials and his website, and with a tagline of stress less love more is the perfect addition for this podcast so alex thanks for jumping on and having a chat with us today what's up man pleasure <laughs> to be here so good to have you mate just a bit of an introduction um tell us who you are kind of what got you into the industry and and what is it about this awesome wedding industry that you absolutely love yeah for sure uh so all um as you just heard my name's alex um i I kind of fell in love with photography around about the age of 12 or 13. So I, um, it was actually my granddad got me into it. So he bought one of uh, Canon's first digital SLRs that they bought out. And I just thought it was incredible because I could take as many photos as I want without, uh, without dad rousing on me because I was burning through his film, um, <laughs> which I thought was really cool. So yeah. that, was, um, that was kind of like the, like the turning point for me with photography. And so I used to steal granddad's camera and, take it out and do landscapes and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, I guess like most people that started out was shooting landscape to begin with and then kind of transitioned into something different from there. Um, so, yeah, so landscapes kept me busy for a little while. Um, and, yeah, decided to get a bit more creative with it. And then when I was uh, when I was 17, I actually got approached by one of my mates who was getting married. And, and he just said to me, he was like, dude, can you shoot our wedding? And I was like, ooh, uh yeah <laughs> sure i guess so why not yeah um and it was like never even something that i'd given a second thought to and then uh but they um they they liked my work and i was like okay cool all right let's do it let's give it a shot um i said you're not paying me not a chance you're doing that like that is totally fine this is just the first wedding i ever shot um and so they actually uh they paid me by buying me some memory cards and <laughs> gave me a pair of shoes <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome so, um yeah no it was it was pretty cool so and uh, like it's always just been a good a good memory to look back on um yeah so that was the first wedding that i did and i loved it i just thought it was the coolest thing ever going to hang out with those guys and it was um like it was a um yeah, like it was something that i like i knew them both on you know outside of uh of one another so i got to um you know sort of see their relationship develop and then and then getting to watch them get married as well and be such a close and, in, and integral part of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just sort of put a fire under me and I was like, Oh, this That's is really magic. cool. I love this. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, but then I, I was kind of like on a bit of a path of not really, uh, I, I didn't really recognize photography as a career. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of, uh, like a lot of influence in in like strong influences in my life of very um, like very 
well and thoroughly educated and yeah. all that sort of stuff. And so the the influence around me said that you, you know, in order to do something or be someone, you have to go to uni. And so I um so I took that and was like, okay, well, I guess I'm I guess I'm going to uni then. Yeah. Um so I bounced through a few different degrees, landed in physiotherapy, um, did that for did that for two years. And the whole the whole way along I was shooting weddings on the side. Um and yeah, and as I slowly got better and better, um, my work increased, and yep. then I got to the two-year mark in physio, and I was like, "Gee, it's next year is going to be tough, like really, really tough." Yeah. I was at uni five days a week, and um, yeah, and then shooting weddings on the side of that, and then working another two jobs on the side of that. It was just like it was really, really busy for me. So, I think that's pretty. It's pretty common for creatives, I think, as well. They kind of get stuck yeah. in this whole, nah, that's like, this is my creative outlet and I can't do this for a job. Um, and as you yep. said, you have to go down that normal path. And then, so did you have quite a lot of organic growth in that time or were you really pushing the business at the same time? Um, no, I wasn't pushing it. That was the thing. So it was all basically just word of mouth. And so I didn't, yeah. I didn't really have many weddings under my belt of people that I didn't know prior yeah. to that point. Um, but then as I started shooting weddings, like I, I found that, you know, like I'm through and through, I'm, I'm a people person. This lockdown has been atrocious for me, but yeah. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. So I, I've always made a point of going to weddings and making a pretty, um, not an uh, like intrusive presence, but a large, large and friendly presence of myself i guess you're not and a fly so on the wall is, you're, you're kind of one in one in the same with the guests yeah. and mingling with the guests yeah. And yeah, yeah 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 that's it like if i'm at your wedding it's going to be like you've just got another mate there and i just want yeah. to get in and have fun with everybody so um yeah so and that has that's caused a lot of work to come my way just from people at weddings because they you know because i run around and meet as many people as i can and yeah um and come away with a lot of new friends most most weekends which is yeah. pretty cool and how beautiful is that natural growth then? Because you're getting people that are reaching out going, man, I saw you in action. I saw you working. And I think the funniest yeah. thing a lot of time about photography as well is it happens all the time. You get people coming up to you. I know I've had people come up to me like, Brennan, you're such a good photographer. And you kind of catch off guard. You're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> have, you, have you seen my work? Like, have you followed me before? And they've got this look on their face like, no, no, no. We're, we're just like watching you around. Like yeah. <laughs> people gravitate <laughs> towards that. And and I think it's good because that's, I mean, this is another side note as well, but your vendors on the day and, and your photographer on the day who you spend so much time for, time with, it's more than just looking at the pretty pictures that they put up on Instagram and, and a web page. Yeah, like yeah. We, we're with the couple for so long in the day that it's really important that you can um, kind of be easygoing with them and relaxed with them. So that's yeah. awesome to hear, man, that that's a lot of your business has kind of stemmed from that. Yeah, yeah, and so that's like the, the the whole the snowball effect, I guess you'd call it. Um, it sort of just ramped up, and then I just went, okay, well, um, oh, actually, the big one of the big clinches for me was finding out that a uh, that a starting salary in the public system for a physiotherapist was like sixty two grand, and I was like, okay, I'm I made a lot more than that last year. Let's just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think the writing's like, okay, on the wall turns there. Out, turns out <laughs> I can actually give this a shot. Um, yeah. And yeah, so spoke to a few different people and like my, my parents have like hats off to them. They've always just been so supportive and like my, and my wife, Amy, it's just been incredible. Um, and they were uh, just so, yeah, such a pinnacle part of me being able to take off 
yeah. on, on this journey, which is really cool. That's awesome um, to have then, that backing. You know, a, a lot of, yeah, yeah. And, you know, all of my friends have just said, you know, if anybody's getting married, then my name's the one that pops up first and all that sort yep. of stuff. So, yeah, I've got a really good, like a good crew of people around me. And, um, yeah, and it's been it's been fantastic. And then, you know, getting to meet other people in the industry as well has yeah. just been such a big key. Yeah. 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 It's such a beautiful industry. And that whole, like there's that that saying community over competition. And, and the more you really yeah. delve into this industry, that becomes so true that um, yeah, there's there, there, there's really minimal competition out there amongst vendors. And, and that's what makes it so yeah. magic. And now, mate, kind of the crux of this, uh, this podcast, and we want to entertain with a couple of stories. I'd love to hear what your absolute favorite, like career highlight wedding day has been. Talk us through it. Okay. So absolute career highlight was... It was when one of my uh, one of my uh, old childhood friends, uh, his, his name's Kale. He he hit me up, and um, it was kind of like a little bit a little bit out of the blue one day. And he said to me, "He's like, man, um, my my fiance and I are getting married, and we like we would love to have you shoot the wedding." Um, and yeah, it was it was this like, it was this funny friendship that kind of got rekindled over time because I photographed uh, the wedding of one of his friends. And um, yeah, and so he, um, he like we, we sort of got to you know kick things off again with each other. And I I didn't actually remember him from back in the day because we were so young. Like I think I was only three, and he might have been two. Wow, um, so really? But our, our parents, yeah, our parents were friends. And then my mum saw a photo of us together, and she was like, "Hey, is that Carol Northworthy?" I was like, yeah, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, it is." And I was like, "How do you know that?" She's like, "Oh, you guys used to play together when you were babies." I was like, "Oh my gosh, that's crazy!" <laughs> that's awesome. um, and so yeah, and he was a muso, and um, and I um, like I love a bit of music myself, and so um, it you know a couple of weddings he was actually doing the music, and then cool. he'd tell the bride and groom that I could actually sing, and so then they'd get me up on stage and we'd do some songs together and all that sort of stuff while I was supposed to be shooting and everything. That's unreal, so, man. Man, um, of many talents here. It was a bit of fun. So <laughs> it was, um, yeah. So it was really cool to hear from him. I was like, oh, wow, that, that's amazing. Um, I said, oh, yeah, sweet. Where's it going to be? He's like, oh, it's actually going to be in Canada because we met in Canada. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. All right, all right, we're on, we're on. And so um, I questioned him a bit more about it and uh, it was actually going to be in uh, in Revelstoke, which is like a, it's kind of like a little ski town yeah. Um, across the Rocky Mountains from Banff. Ooh. So um, yeah, it was really neat. And and so I just I just spoke to him and I was like, dude, I know that this sort of thing is expensive. And yep. um, and at the moment I'm like I'm more than more than stoked to be there. I had like I had car troubles at the time. Sure. And so I was like, man, if you know, I, I don't need to come out making thousands of dollars off this. Like yeah. at the end of the day, if I can travel to the other side of the world and shoot an incredible wedding, then that's, yeah. you know, that's enough for me. Yeah. Uh, I was like, if you're, you know, if you're happy for me to figure out what, the, what it's going to cost to fix my car. And then that's all I'll ask in, in return. That's so good. Um, yeah. And so he was, he was cool with that, which was, which was great. So I was kind of able yeah. to help them out. And I, you know, I, I sort of, you know, came out on top after that as well with the car being all sorted out, which was great um and so made it to made it to revelstoke and i think like one of the one of the key things for me from that and that just made it such a special experience was i don't actually uh i, I had no idea what revelstoke looked like when i got yep. there because it was pitch black so i flew into it was like three different flights because it's such wow. a small area we yeah. got three different flights to get there from australia yeah um so by the time i got there it was 11 30 at night it was pitch black um, I could just see the silhouette of the mountains against the sky, 
when I got in there. But the thing that I remember was the smell. I got out and because it's a um, it's a, a logging town. Yep. And so everywhere, like around it, there's a there's a, uh, a lot of um, uh, mills that around the area. And so these these pine mills just create the most incredible smell. And so I got out there and I was, it hit like, just hit me like a wave. I was like, oh my goodness. Like, it smelled like I'm in the middle of a pine forest. Yeah. And um, I think as far as just like my my personality goes, I think my, my heart's always been in mountain sort of areas. Yeah. Like I just love that so much. Um, and so that that for me was a really was a really special memory to, to look That's back unreal. on. And I think like, yeah. Uh, and I I just never I'd never felt so at home in a completely different part of the world. Like I got out yeah. and I was like, I just felt comfortable and relaxed and it was just really nice. That's awesome. So yeah, that was really cool. Um and with the wedding, was it like a awesome location? Were they outside for the ceremony or like those mountain yeah, views yeah. are absolutely insane? Yeah, it was it was magic. So um, they uh, the, the little town of Revelstoke is actually um, powered on hydroelectricity, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, and it's this huge dam that um, that has all the water in it that forces through to create the the electricity for the for the town. Um, and so they wanted to get married up the top of Revelstoke Dam. So Revelstoke Dam is it's it's enormous, absolutely massive. Yeah. Um, and it's got mountains that run right the way around the entire thing. Wow. And so there was a road that um, that leads through one of the passes between the mountains, and then there's little like this little dirt track that wanders off, um, and it's actually a really popular um, abseiling and rock climbing spot. Um, and so they they went out there, and there's this little cliff that just sort of jutted out and looked out over the like over the whole lake. And, that's unreal, oh, and that's where they got married. <laughs> yeah, so that's they, they got married out there. Yeah, yeah, but before the before the wedding, um, they wanted to uh, like she wanted to pick her own flowers for a bouquet and all that sort of stuff. Cool. Um, so we got up really early and we drove up to this place called the Meadows of the Sky, and um, it's basically like this this windy road that just takes you right up into the clouds. Um, and so you can barely you barely see anything because you're you're right in the middle of the clouds and, and the clouds are really thick and heavy. So it's like you're surrounded by this really dense fog. Yeah. But like. As far as as far as you can see, it's just like wildflowers, like fields of wildflowers up wow. in the clouds. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I went up there and and I just like I was just taking photos the entire day, like yeah. from oh. the start start Ooh. to finish. Yeah. Um, of like every little bit that happens, you know, everything in between. So all those memory cards that you weren't from your very first wedding, they were <laughs> they were put to good use. Yeah. <laughs> yes, definitely, definitely. And then um, yeah, and it was it was even cool. Like they were sitting down and they were like, oh, what do we like? You know, we, we want to have music, like music playing when, you know, when, when, like when we're walking down to see each other, yeah. but we don't know what song. And then, um, and I was just sitting down and I had Kale's guitar and I was just playing his guitar and, and just having a little bit of a sing along by myself. Yeah. And then I, um, and I was like, oh, there's this really cool, like cool song that I know. And I started to play it and sing it. And they were like, that's it. That's the song. And wow. so we looked it up and it was, um, it was one by uh, Jason Mraz actually. Yeah, and so cool. they had that playing while they were walking down. And so it was just nice. Like everything it sounds... about it was so cool yeah and yeah they just have so much freedom to do whatever they want and it's the dream mate. they just had had a blast yeah it was great and that's the dream for you as well like how how special to be working yeah it's it's such a special thing to be invited not only to a wedding but to overseas and and for someone to be like you i'm going to take you around the world so you can capture yeah. our photos that is absolutely magic and i know in australia yeah. australia like we've got stunning beaches and we do we've got some beautiful mountains but canada's mm. something different 
Canada, Europe, yeah. like, you know, they all offer up so much more in terms of mountainscapes. That would have been really, really impressive. Man, what a wedding. Yeah, it was very, very special. Yeah. That's awesome. Now, mate, the, you know, the name of this podcast, Imperfectly Perfect Podcast. So that sounds like a, a, a perfect wedding, basically. And yeah. look, I want to make sure that people know that, you know, planning your wedding, we go in, we make timelines and we, we hope that everything runs to schedule and, and fingers crossed that yeah. it does for your day. But as you and I both know, sometimes that just doesn't go to plan. Sometimes stuff happens. Yep. I want to hear your story of that day where just, it just wasn't going, wasn't working, wasn't going to plan. But at the end of it, I bet the couple turned around and said, Alex, that was sick. That was the best day ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I definitely have a story that in, involved a few different, uh, a few different wild curveballs thrown in. Um, so the, the first of the curveballs, I know like this, it sounds, it sounds terrible being, being me and I'm kind of throwing myself under the bus here a little bit. But I, um, so I just changed over from the, um, like the, the original Canon battery chargers over to these new, like little, like these little sleek looking things that can take two batteries at once and you can store memory cards in them and all that sort of stuff. Um, and they can charge via USB. So I wanted something that I could charge um, through the USB outlets in the car um, yeah. from my second battery while I'm on the run. Um, which was, which is perfect. Like they're, they're fantastic, but it was the first time I'd ever used them. And so I plugged them in, into a, um, like one of those, like a power board that has the USB ports there. And, um, and I plugged them into that and it was one that sat underneath my desk. Okay. And so I had it, like, I had all my gear packed in and everything. Um, and then I, and then I took off and so I, <laughs> so I had four batteries on charge and, um, and this, this wedding was, uh, three hours South of, of me. Um, and I actually stayed down in Cronulla overnight. Um, so I drove to Cronulla, stayed there that night and then got up and went to the wedding the next day. And it wasn't yep. until the following morning that I left to go to the, um, to the wedding location. Cause usually I rock up places a couple of hours early, have a bit sure. of a scope around, get a coffee, yeah. chill out, get my head in the zone. Um, and then I was in the car and realized that I'd left my batteries charging underneath my desk. Oh, um, three hours had, away or is this just around the corner? This is three hours away. Three. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And so I had, so I had nothing. I had no, no batteries. Um, <laughs> and that, like that for me, it was like my, like, it's kind of like someone had reached down into my throat, grabbed my heart out of my chest and then was beating yep. me to death with it. Yep. Like it was so bad. <laughs> um, and yeah. And I, I just, it just threw me into this, like, it wasn't exactly a panic attack, but I had to yeah. like, physically calm myself down because i was yep. like i have to i have to think a way out of this yeah and so i um i actually hit up one of my mates and i i called him and uh i knew that he lived in sydney he was about 40 minutes away from where i was though so i i called him and i said dude you've like you've got to help me um and i told him this scenario he was like man that is just so wild he's like <laughs> i'm uh he's like i'm actually not shooting today i actually oh. just got called into work and he said, you've called me like literally as I was closing my front door. So yeah. he's like, I'm running back inside. I'm getting all my batteries, throwing them into wow. a bag. He's like, some, some are charged, some aren't, but I'll throw yep. a charger in there too. I'll leave it at the front door. Just come yep. and grab it. Oh um, and so I drove out there and then I drove it back to the, back to the wedding day with, it was about half an hour to spare. Um, and so still managed to go and get my coffee, got chilled <laughs> out. And, got back uh, in the Zen state. Good. Oh. yeah yeah that's it so that was fine um but then the wedding then the wedding started and um 
it was it was awesome although the, the weather was being real hit and miss like mm. there was you know like real intense burning sunlight and then all of a sudden these massive dark clouds came over yep. and it started raining a little bit and yep. like no one was sure exactly what was going to happen but i just kept running to the bride going like you know it's all good it's all good at the end of the day just do whatever you want like your guests will be here and they can just pop an umbrella if it's raining and you want to get married outside get married outside like that's totally fine um and so then the the guests did turn up but they were the wrong guests so there was a pickup zone um there was was a pickup zone where the buses were supposed to be picking people up from but little did they know there was another wedding just down the road that also set that area as their designated pickup so the buses turned up they picked up the guests um for for one wedding and took them to the wrong wedding Like just watching it play out, I felt like I was in a movie, dude. It was like, yeah, it was it was wild. Man, that was epic. That was uh, <laughs> that story is so good. Like that's that's not even one thing that's gone wrong. Hey, like you could even say some people for some people wedding uh, weather is the bad thing. Like they might have a rain shower mid ceremony, and you've got guests popping umbrellas and running to to cover and stuff. But <laughs> I've honestly never heard of wedding guests rocking up to the wrong place. So I love that. And you can almost put yourself in the in the shoes of the other people in that scenario yeah. as well. Yeah. Like this isn't just your couple yeah. that were affected by this. This is two weddings that are happening yeah. where the other couple's going, where are all my guests? Yeah, yeah. And actually it was it was on my mind later on. I was like, I wonder how their photographer handled that. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. everybody, like, yeah, everyone just kind of um like bare grills to like, you know, improvise adapt overcome. Like it was, yep. you know. So it was, it was good though. And, and that's the importance of having level-headed people on your day because that could, that look, that could easily turn into a bit of a shit yeah. show. Yeah, really. easily, yeah. Like you could, you could one, your, your wedding vendors could be stressed and your photographer's going to be, ah, we're going to miss sunset and all of this yeah. stuff. And, and uh, I think in reality, like it just comes down to the couple. Like it's okay, guys. Like this is still your wedding day. Hey, sure, you, your right guests might not yeah. be here. Yeah. One, we can either have it with your new yeah. friends or <laughs> let's let's do a bit of a trade. Let's get it back on yeah. track. Um, I think as well, like in terms of padding in a timeline as well, I personally build a little bit of padding into a timeline or I like to see that people aren't going, all right, we're going to have our ceremony, then it's going to finish. We're going to have half an hour for family photos. And then we're half an hour before sunset and we go straight into portraits. And, And you kind of have to remind people that, you know, I've been at weddings where the father of the groom didn't have any pants yes. and had to go get pants. <laughs> and I've been at weddings where rain's come through, like family's been an hour and a half late, like all of these things. Yeah. And we say, just build a little bit of padding and it's going to take that stress away. Yeah. And uh, that's so good to hear that your couple were not, I'm not going to say cool with it, mm. but they obviously level-headed yeah. and kind of went with yeah, the flow. Yeah, made the most of it. Yeah. Yeah. And how magic of a story to look back on as well. Yeah. I think that's the best thing about not when things go wrong, but when things don't necessarily go to plan, yeah. like you can look back and you're going to laugh at that forever. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. And it's, it's the story that I tell people. They're like, what if something goes wrong? I was like, legit. I had like 120 people turn up to the wrong wedding once. So it'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Like it's so cool. Yeah. And I, I think yeah. within yeah. that as well, like one of the really important things is communication amongst your vendors as well. Yes. And so if you, if you yes. know that your vendors know each other or even take recommendations from your early booked in vendors. Like if you've got a, a photographer yeah. that you know you have to have or a videographer that you know you have to have that's like yeah. a non-negotiable, yeah. um, ask them who they regularly work with 
Um, because if you love yeah. their work, chances are you're going to love the work of their friends. Um, and then everybody knows each other. Like I've got one of my mates, Cooper, who is just like, in my mind is one of the most incredible chefs in the country. And he, yeah. Oh, is that wilderness oh, yeah. chef? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I've heard yeah, about him. So Cooper and I have known each other <laughs> for years and that's like doing weddings with him makes, makes us both so excited because we, we know that we're like, we're totally on each other's level. Um, and I've had weddings with him when the, you know, the photos are taking a little bit longer than I had imagined or something like that. And so I just call him up and I go, Hey, Troop, can we like, can we slow things down a little bit and maybe like push out the entrees by another half hour? He's like, yeah, man, sweet. That's all good. I got you. No worries. Um, you know, because yeah, I, I know so that his good. food's important. I've got to give him notice, but then he also knows that I've got to provide a good yep. service for this couple. So it's um, super important. Yeah. That's magic. And the whole time as well the couple's not the one that's making those decisions. And I think that's a really important bit about what you said as well, getting vendors that communicate well and know each other and on the day can kind of problem solve like that. Because the last thing that you want is something going a little bit awry or, or, or we're moving a timeline a little bit and you're going up to the couple or people are going up to the couple, oh, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? What do you want to do? No, it's your day. Yep. Your day is just to focus on each other and kind of cruise along and everything will happen behind closed doors yep. in essence. So yeah, a little sneaky little text that's message it. like that to your chef. Mate, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Less stress, more love, man. That's what it's all about. <laughs> Less stress, more love. I love that catchphrase. And what, yeah. what a way to finish. Mate, thank you so much, Alex, for coming on and uh, recording those stories today. They've been absolute joy. And uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I haven't heard that one before. So that's that's really, really good. And look, anyone that's listening, this was the Imperfectly Perfect podcast. I'd really appreciate it if you jump on and subscribe. You'll see when the next episode comes out. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you kind of listen along. But Alex, Thank you for coming. Thanks for being on here. Uh, and I look forward to heading up to Newcastle one day soon when all these restrictions and borders open and, and we'll, we'll grab a beer, mate. I'm looking forward to it. Do it. Let's have one of those face-to-faces in your caravan and yeah, we'll, we'll grab a beer. That'd be sweet. <laughs> That's right, mate. All right. Legend dude. Thanks for that. No worries, man. No worries at all.